Hello, Real Salt Lake fans. This is Miles Dunn. It is my turn once again to host the Soapbox Stand-Up, a part of the RSL Soapbox group of podcasts and articles. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Lord underscore Dunn. And yes, Lord is my middle name. Nothing else to see there. Would love if you followed me. We could chat. Share our hot takes, whatever you want to do on the twits. Do people call it twits? No, probably not. So let's talk about Real Salt Lake this week. Uh, obviously the big announcement, uh, we'll start with announcements. We'll get to the match here in a minute. Starting with announcements, uh, the big one is obviously that uh, we have once again uh, secured Julio Anderson for the club. He played for Real Salt Lake last year on loan provided a huge spark for us coming from Liga MX. Sorry, Liga MX. And it's good to see him back. Most of his goals were scored, I believe, after it was like the 80th minute. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me, but a huge spark off the bench, especially late in games. And it sounds like it was a really tidy bit of business by Elliot Fall. I think originally San Luis, the club that he was uh, playing for, wanted somewhere north of two and a half million dollars in order for Real Salt Lake to secure him. And from what we're hearing on Twitter, and you can't believe everything you hear on Twitter, uh, it sounds like that transfer fee was closer to $250,000. And if that's the case, that is some phenomenal business. Um, excited to see him join the team. He should be joining us as soon as he gets his international transfer certificate, also known as the ITC, uh, as well as his working visa. So hopefully more to come there. But that was announced this last week on The Drive on ESPN 700. So you can consider that as good as done. The other bit of business that has not been confirmed by the club itself, but seems to have been confirmed by everyone else, is that Jefferson Savarino will be returning to Real Salt Lake. And I think that is a huge get. Uh, if we were signing Jefferson for the first time, meaning he hadn't played with the club before, this would be big news. I mean, it is big news. But we're talking a DP caliber attacking player who was playing in Brazil regular minutes as a starter winning all the trophies. So to have Jefferson want to be in Utah, want to be playing for Salt Lake, despite having so much success in Brazil, uh, that's huge. That's great news for the club. It's great news for, for the fan base. And honestly, I'm just excited to see Jefferson smile back on the field. He brought a lot of joy and, and passion and fun to, to everything he did. So that is still a rumor in the sense that Major League Soccer and Real Salt Lake have not yet announced it. However, there's been a lot of breadcrumbs. His wife on Instagram had changed her location to Salt Lake City uh, last week. His own club, Atletico Mineiro in Brazil, uh, tweeted out thanking him and confirming that Real Salt Lake had purchased his rights. Uh, I believe the reason that it hasn't been announced by the club yet is because Jefferson was sold to Atletico Mineiro 
meaning that Real Salt Lake did not retain his rights, which means coming back to the league, he has to go through the allocation order, which currently Real Salt Lake is not first in the allocation order, meaning they have to buy their way up to the top spot in order to secure Jefferson uh, and bring him back to the club. So they're sorting that out, I would imagine, or they've already sorted it out and are just waiting for an announcement. But hopefully that comes this week. That's big news. Uh, The other rumor coming through the club is that there's at least one more signing before the transfer window closes this week. I believe it's this week. It may be May 9th. Don't quote me on that. Um, And that is that they're going to be bringing in one more player. A lot of people think that might be Gustavo Cuellar. But from what I'm hearing, that's probably not going to happen till the summer window, if at all. Uh, but the rumors that we are hearing is that potentially it's a left back from within Major League Soccer, which we are very thin at left back. So that is big news for Real Salt Lake as well. To shore up that defense, give us more options at left back. Um, looking forward to hearing who that might be and getting that deal done as well. All right, so let's talk about the match really quick. Or not really quick. I don't know. We'll see. So, Real Salt Lake got back to its winning ways. It was on a 300-plus minute goal-scoring drought. Uh, On the other hand, LA Galaxy were on a hot streak. Uh, Obviously, a lot of concerns. Was Real Salt Lake going to be able to score, given that uh, the LA Galaxy have been playing phenomenal defense? They have held teams scoreless for, I think, the last 400 minutes. Real Salt Lake hadn't scored in the last 350 minutes. It just seemed like a perfect storm to get throttled at home. And fortunately, it didn't play out that way. The first half was pretty boring, if I'm being honest. Uh, It seemed like both teams were just kind of happy to be there, enjoying the spring sunshine. It was a beautiful day. Uh, But not much to talk about in the first half, other than Sergio Cordova had to come off early with what appeared to be an ankle injury. He subbed out close to the halftime whistle with uh, Rubio Rubin, who's also working himself back into full match fitness, replacing him. So that was really the big news from the first half. That and uh, apparently there was a wreck on I-15 and the LA Galaxy, as a result, couldn't get to the stadium in time and so the game was delayed. The second half heated up quite a bit, uh, where we actually saw... A breakthrough goal come fairly early on in the second half in the 49th minute when Marcelo Silva uh, got on the end of a great cross into the, sorry, not a cross, a corner kick into the box. And he was able to head that home, smashed it past Jonathan Bond, the LA Galaxy goalkeeper. And then he ran to the corner flag, ripped off his shirt, and reminded us how beautiful of a man he actually is. Uh, It was awesome to see Marcelo Silva score. I believe that's his third goal ever in Major League Soccer. Uh, Also great to see him score wearing the captain's armband, picking up right where Demir Krylock has left off. Uh, There was a lot of nerves, a lot of questions whether or not that 1-0 lead was going to hold up. And the LA Galaxy, as the game progressed, really got on the front foot and started to gel as an attacking unit. Um... Fortunately, Zach McMath continued his extremely good form this season, had a lot of really big stops. Uh, 60th minute, he comes off his line to prevent 
a breakaway, a um, couple of point blank saves that he had to make. Just really, really solid goalkeeping from Zach McMath. In fact, despite Marcelo Silva getting the goal, uh, t- for me, Zach McMath was my player of the match. Had it not been for his quick reflexes and situational awareness, we could have seen this easily be a 2-1 or 3-1 LA Galaxy victory. So he's my man of the match. Uh, great work from him. Other than that, though, the attack didn't look great for Real Salt Lake. It continues to sputter. Um, we only have 10 goals this season, which is not great, guys and gals. Not just that, but you look at every game, and it seems like RSL always has less possession. This game, they finished with only 35% possession, which is pretty bad, especially when you're talking about being at home. LA Galaxy had 594 total passes with an 87% passing accuracy, whereas Real Salt Lake only had 333 passes at a 76% passing accuracy. I'm not going to bore you with a lot of stats, but RSL don't look good. Like They continue to outperform their expected goals, and that's great. And I know some people are going to roll their eyes and be like, expected goals is a dumb stat. I'm looking at you, Dunny. I know he doesn't care for the stat much, but the reality is on paper, RSL should be losing a lot more games than they're losing. Thankfully, they're not, but some of that has to do with uh, honestly a little bit of luck and some timely uh, calls, and that includes this match where fortunately Real Salt Lake was let off the hook when the LA Galaxy scored in second half stoppage time, but after VAR had it reviewed, it was found that um, there was a player offside that uh, impacted the play by getting in the way of Justin Glad trying to track the ball, and the goal was called back, and we're really, really fortunate for that. Obviously, I'm going to take all three points whenever I can get it, but uh, it just continues to be a concern. I actually want to dig into that for a minute. Rather than spending more time on the match than we need to, let me just say this. In five-minute intervals for the game, Real Salt Lake only had more possession in four of those intervals. That's really bad. And we see that game after game. And that's okay. Some teams aren't possession-based teams. And I'm not going to say that's a good or a bad thing. Personally, I think we all got accustomed to possession-based soccer. Watching the Jason Kreiss era team who would just possession and pass people to death. I think as fans, we kind of grew accustomed to that and come to expect it. So I'm not going to begrudge Pablo Mastroeni for uh, not being a possession-oriented coach or having a possession-oriented scheme. But it's it's kind of ugly soccer sometimes. So I started looking into Pablo's coaching tenure. Just wanted to kind of get an idea because, you know, he was a club legend at the Colorado Rapids. He was converted into their coach. Kind of a similar trajectory to Jason Kreiss. And um, it didn't go well. Like, if I'm being honest, Pablo, he seems like a player's coach, somebody who's great at motivation. Um, He has not figured out how to coach a team into beautiful attacking style soccer. He just hasn't. The numbers don't show that, and they, they haven't shown it over his career. He took over the Colorado Rapids in uh, his first full season was 2015. 
in that season, Colorado finished dead last in goals scored. They only scored 33 goals. Second to last was Real Salt Lake at 38. So they scored 33 goals. Um, the next season, his second full season as head coach, they finished third to last with 39 goals. And then that was 2016. In 2017, he was actually terminated. Uh, he was let go. Uh, but he did. He was the head coach up through August of that season. And that season, um, Colorado finished with the second to last goals with 31. So you have three seasons. You have a full season in 2015, full season in 2016, and most of a season in 2017. I've said season a lot. I'm sorry. But in those three seasons, we're talking about barely getting over the 30-goal mark and finishing in the bottom three each and every time, including dead last his first season. That's not good. That's it's boring, if I'm being honest. He did almost win Coach of the Year in 2016. He was the runner-up. Colorado finished second in the league with 58 points, despite having third-to-last goals scored. And the way that they did it was a very, very defensive 4-2-3-1 formation where they essentially just bunkered and defended with all their hearts and hoped to break on a counter and nick a goal. They finished second in the league, everybody, with 58 points, and they were third to last, technically tied for second to last in goals scored. So I think we're seeing exactly who Pablo is. And as RSL fans, we just need to decide, are we okay winning 1-0 week in and week out? And just bunkering and hoping for Cordova, Wood, or Rubin to come up with some magic and, and get a goal for us. Uh, I'm, I'm skeptical. And uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But it doesn't appear Pablo has changed much from his first coaching stint that only lasted about two and a half seasons. So anyway, uh, that's, that's pretty much it, everybody. Uh, right now, Real Salt Lake is uh, the LAFC game has gone final. I'm recording this Sunday night. Real Salt Lake is now sitting in fifth place in the West on 16 points. That's good enough for 1.6 points per game. They have played one more game than everyone else above them and most of the teams below them. Uh, and they've actually played two games more than a team or two as well. So... That being said, they are still sitting in fifth place above the playoff line, which is great. Um, they do only have 10 goals, which as of right now is towards the bottom of the conference. Um, the other thing, I, what was the other thing I wanted to mention? I don't remember. Uh, so I'll, I'll, we'll just leave it there. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, I've been going for about 15 minutes. Hopefully this has been insightful. Hopefully it's been helpful. Looking forward to this week. Hopefully we'll get some more transfer rumors. Um, and then obviously looking forward to our next match, which uh, I had pulled up and now I can't find it. So uh, go to your Googles. Not quite sure what the next match is. But yeah, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful week. Go Real Salt Lake. <laughs>